So today we'll review the Sikha, Lakutta Sikha's Chelik Yudalev, the Sikha Aleph for Parshas Tetzaveh. And as the Rebbe does all the time, he finds a key answer which most people, when they read, they don't get it. They don't, they don't find it. But the Rebbe comes up with a tremendous insight into what Rashi means. And by doing that, this automatically answers like a tremendous amount of questions, which really, you know, you wonder uh, why does Rashi say this and why and how Rashi quotes from the Pasuk and seems a little bit uh, strange, Rashi. But the Rebbe came, comes up with this idea, so it's um, a really beautiful idea. Then later on, there's also a halachic lesson and there's also a Yenushal Torah in Avodah Hashem. The Rashi, in the beginning of the parsha, what does it say? Ba'ato uh, and it says lecho, they should take, they should take to Moshe Rabbeinu, the Yidin, Shemen Zayis Zoch. Very a clear, clear Shemen Zayis. We'll see. This will be the topic of discussion. So, what does Rashi explains? What is the meaning of the word zoch? It should be clear. So Rashi says, that there should be no shmorim, no sediments. When you uh, take an olive and you grind the olive, so then there is pieces in it. But here you don't want to grind it. You want it to be belish shmorim. Without any sediment, should be pure oil. Rashi says, like we learned in the Gemara Menachos, that megargiroi bereish hazayis, or megalgiloi. Basically, it means you take the olives from the top of the tree, the top of the olives. Those seem to be the best olives over there on the tree. And then you bring, etc. And then that's what you make the oil for the menachos. The oil for the Zayat for the menachos. So, I mean, Rashi is trying to tell us what over here. So what is, what is Rashi trying to teach us? Is Rashi trying to teach us what the meaning of pure oil it says shemen zayis zoch. So, what is Rashi trying to teach us? What the Rashi is not translating that the word zoch means clean. Rashi doesn't say that. Rashi just explains that it's clean, that it doesn't have any shmorim. It doesn't have sediments. Clean means that it's not pure. Pure. It doesn't have mixed in sediments. Rashi is not explaining to you over here the meaning of the word zoch, that zoch means clear. Rashi is just explaining to you what it's clear from. He says, that it's clean from, not the word of the meaning of zoch, that it means clean or pure, but rather to tell you it's pure, what is it pure of? And the question the Rebbe has is 
what, what do we need to tell you from, from sediments? It says clean, pure. Uh, like when you buy in the store pure orange juice. So you're not saying pure orange juice, it doesn't have, it has nothing else mixed in there. Pure is pure. So why does it actually have to say without sediments? It's pure. That's it. It can have other stuff. The Rebbe brings down in the answer the interpretation of the Eben Ezra. The Eben Ezra actually says that when you have to have pure, you have to have pure olives, not pure oil. He says you have to have pure olives. According to the Eben Ezra, Zayis Zoch, it's not Shemen Zoch, but it's Zayis Zoch. The Rebbe will explain that that's what Rashi is coming to tell you over here. No, no, no. We're not talking about the olives over here. As we'll see later. We're talking about the oil over here. And that's why Rashi says, Belishmarim. When we're talking about purity, Pasuk was trying to tell you when it's already oil and there might be Shmarim in there, he's telling you, no, no, it should be Zoch without Shmarim. Not talking about the olive itself, as the Rebbe will explain. Uh, but here the Rebbe says, number two, the Rebbe asks also in the Parshish Kisiso, the Torah says over there, Levoino Zaka. Levoino, that's the kind of a Parkinson's, that's a kind of a, of a spices that they use with the uh, Levoino uh, for the, uh, in the Beisamikdosh. So the, it says there should be Levoino Zako. Zako means Zach. Rashi doesn't say that it should be clear from what. Okay, but again, over there there's not an issue. Over here, the issue is, the an- I'm giving you the answer so that you remember, because by the time we come to the answer, we don't remember the question, so I want to give you the answer right away. So you see how the Rebbe learns. But the Rebbe's question now is, if it's necessary to explain what is the cleanup, why don't we bring that down? Uh, further, uh, Rashi says, just like we learned in the Gemara Menachas, Rashi says, Meshishaninu. So what does Rashi bring a proof? That what? That's without sediment. The Rashi needs a proof from a Gemara. And when you say pure without sediments, without a pure evidence from a Gemara, uh, is not, we don't need a proof to that. Uh, pure means pure without sediment. What do we need a Gemara for? The Rebbe brings a proof that from the Gemara Menachis, from that Gemara, is actually a proof, the Rebbe would say. The proof is that um, that it's not the um, pure olives, but it's pure oil. Because the Gemara says that you go to the top of the tree. Now, on the top of the tree, there is no pure olives over there. Because top of the tree, the birds, other insects eat over there at the top. The bottom of the tree would be in the middle of the tree. So Rashi's proof, as we'll see the other question the Rebbe asked, Rashi's proof of the Gemara Menachas is also to support his contention against the uh, interpretation of the Eben Ezra. That what it really means is pure oil and not pure olives. Uh, and further, the Rebbe brings in the question number four, the Rebbe brings that uh, Rashi doesn't normally bring 
uh, proofs to his interpretation from the halacha of Torah. So, as uh, he doesn't bring evidence because of the why would he bring a proof of the Gemara? The Rebbe said, "This is." I was going to explain. This is machazik only, as we'll see. The Rebbe will explain. But in this case, let's take a look at the Rashi in the next one. It says over there, "What is the meaning kosis? That the olives he would crush, and the um, secondary, the first squeeze of the oil, that is kosher for the oil for the, for the. But the second oil is not fit for the menorah anymore. That's kosher for." Menachis, uh, as it says, kosis lamoir, and not kosis lamenachis, as Rashi says. But Rashi doesn't say, oh, this halach is in the Gemara. He doesn't say. So why does Rashi have to bring it from halach in the Gemara? So, even if you're going to say that we need proof that zach means without olives, how is this a proof? Because the Gemara says so. To Rashi Pshuta Shalmikram. But this will all fit in with the Rebbe's Mahalach that the Gemara is only a support why Rashi chooses the interpretation that the olives are pure, not, not, not like the Rebbe, that the olives are pure, but that the oil is pure. Uh, and that's what he brings a, a support from the Gemara. Number five. This Rashi also quotes uh, from the Gemara Menocha Megargir Eberish Hazayis, which means that he would roll it from the top of the. Megargir means he takes it down, or he rolls it out, or takes it. So picking, right? He picks it on the top of the Zayis. So, how do we know that it needs to be without sediments? Uh, it's not from the first part that you take it over there. It's, it's the second part that tells us that you have to. Uh, not grind it, but you actually use a a squeezer to squeeze the oil. Uh, to use a machteshes, a That's a squeezing. So that's. So why does Rashi, uh, as Rashi says later on? So why does Rashi just say the words? He goes on the top of the zeis, and the main proof, he says etc. And he doesn't say if the main if. If he wants to bring from the Gemara, what the Hemshech of the Gemara. But the Rebbe explains that that's not why he's bringing the Gemara. The Gemara is just bringing to prove that it means pure oil and not pure olives, because if it would be pure olives, we wouldn't have to go to the top of the tree. Then you would go on the bottom of the tree. Rashi is not trying to tell you to prove the fact that the oil has to be pure without sediment. That's something which is evident that it's without sediments. And then the Rebbe has another question, number six. Why does Rashi need to say that it says the Menachas? says, which, as we learned, why Menachas? And in Parshat Zemer, Rashi says, Menachas enter this kind of, Why does Rashi have to do that? So you see, this is actually not only Menachas, it's also Menachas enter this kind of. So what goes on? So the Rebbe will explain this later on also. And then also Rashi brings from the beginning, he brings the and he only explains the word zoch. Some people argue, maybe, and say that the Tetzave is just the opening from the parsha. Even though Rashi is not explaining this, the Rebbe brings down in the note here that in the full tradition of Rashi, it's not there, and maybe it's just to start with the parsha. But we find a lot of 
places where Rashi doesn't bring down the first words. It's not just to bring down the first word of the parsha. Still, that has to do with explanation. We'll see the Rebbe very beautifully explains how this all works out. So what do I have to say? That the reason um, that Rashi does quote it, because this helps us explaining that it's without sediment. So what do we learn from the And if there is a proof from the Pesach, why does Rashi need Mesechta Menachah? So what's going on over here? And you'll see, uh, the Rebbe is going to learn two explanations of the word Tetzaveh. One of them is because it's Moshe Rabbeinu telling them in the desert where there wasn't any olives over there growing in the trees. So the oils they had came from, in one one answer, I'll use another interpretation, uh, the oils they had came from Mitzrayim. They brought along oil with them. So how could you say um, that it should be the best olives? There's no olives over there. Ata titzave, there's no olives. So Rashi brings down the Ata titzave as an additional proof that we can't say that it means the best olives because there was no best olives over there. Oh, what they can do. If you're telling them they should be without sediments that you can find out now because you look at the oil. Is the oil pure or not? But you can't tell them they should be uh, pure olives. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't see the olives. The olives just came. They have only oil over here. So that's where Rashi brings down the word but still in the Gemara uh, Menachas over there it says clearly that it was the Rosh Hazai. So it's not so altogether builds the case as we'll see. So the Rebbe explains like this. So the Rebbe explains like this. So in the Pasuk, what does it say? Shemen Zayis Zoch Kosis Lamoir. What does it mean? Olive oil. Then the Torah sticks in the word pure. And then it says Kosis. So it almost seems like it should say. Uh, so what are, what are we saying? So who who is who is Kosis? That the Zayis you have to have a Zayis Kosis. When you say Kosis, uh, squeezed out. So what what are we talking about? We're talking this the the the, the Zayis is squeezed. It's a Zayis Kosis, right? And then in the middle. The Pesach says the word Zoch. It almost seems like it should say the word Zoch in between the word Zayis and Kosis. It should say Shema Zayis Kosis. Zoch. That means that the oil needs to be of a squeezed Zayis that comes with a Machtesh. It's not grinded, but squished. And two, there has to be Zoch. Why does it say Shema Zayis Zoch and then Kosis? Now, so we have an option over here. This is a little bit tricky now. So you can say two things. What we can, we can explain, perhaps, that first the Torah wrote the condition of the oil. Shemen. It has to be Zayis. And then it has to be Zoch. That's the conditions of the oil. 
And then the Torah goes and tells you the middle explaining how do you get the Zoch in order to get Zoch. It comes through the Zayis being Kosis. So, since the Torah says Shema Zayis Os Kosis, Zoch Kosis, so we should explain like the Eben Ezra. Then what? That Zoch goes on the Zayis. Then it would be Shemen, oil, of a Zayis Zoch, of a clear Zayis. That you have to take those kinds of olives that have no rot, that have not been eaten by anything, and that's, you make the oil for the king, for the Abishter. So it's Shemen, Zayis, from a Zayis Zoch. It's a Shemen Zayis Zoch, not a Shemen Zoch. It's a Shemen from a Zayis Zoch. And Kosis. So Rashi is coming to tell us no, that Shemazai Kos means believe Shmorim. That means in this parasha, he's not coming to tell us what the meaning of the word Zach. That's self understood. He's only coming to tell us that Zach refers to the oil and not on the olive. Notwithstanding the fact. That there is a little bit of a doichik, it's not so comfortable in this parishion. So Rashi says, Zach means Bilishmorim. So, what, when we say Bilishmorim, it's not explaining what it's pure of, but it's telling you what does the Torah mean with Zach? Not pure uh, olives, but it means pure oil, because by olives you can't say without Shmorim, there's no, uh, there's no uh, sediments when you have olives. So therefore, Rashi is just telling you this is the pshat, not like the Eben Ezra, basically. So how do we know that it goes on the Shemen and not on the Zayis? Notwithstanding that it's a Bissel Doichek, Rashi chooses that. So Rashi quotes also the Posig Vata What is the explanation? When did the Ebrister say Vata Tetzave, you command, that's why the Yidden were in the Midbar. It's a place where there's no olives growing there. So it has to say, we have to say that they lit the menorah with oil, which they bought with them when they left the land of Egypt, because it's not possible to say that they took enough olives with them uh, for the entire time and they squeezed them in the midbar. They couldn't, they couldn't pick them over there and they couldn't take the olives also with them for that long. So that means we have a proof that you can't explain that the Zayis needs to be clear because in the oil, how are you going to tell that they took with them? How do you, can you tell if it comes from a Zayis which was a little bit eaten or was a little bit rotten? How do you know? I mean, you can't, you can't know that. But you could say that it's clear without sediments because that you can tell in the oil. So Rashi therefore quotes the words Vata Tetzaveh which means the command for making the Shemen, which the parasha talks about. So since the Ebrister says to Moshe that he should tell the Bnei Yisrael in the Midbar, to bring the Shemen Zayis, so we have to say it's the oil that has to be Zach, pure, and not the olive. As in them. And the Rebbe adds another point to it, which a sharp student can ask. That maybe it's still... It's still better to say that the olive should be pure. 
So what's the problem? Because in the Midbar, so you can't have that part. Okay, so maybe we should split the mitzvah into two parts. There's one part which applies to the Midbar. Over there, you can't tell. It has to be the Shemen Zayis, Zoch. Um, that Zayis Zoch will only be when you come to Yisroh. And they'll be able to get Zayizoch. And the Mamidbar, uh, where there's no Zayiz, so there's no condition Zayizoch. So then they just use Shemen Zayiz Tam, maybe. So that's right. Rashi says, Va'ato Titzave. The word Titzave. Rashi says, Ain't Tzave L'miyad Ludeiris. It's actually later on. Uh, as the Rebbe points out, uh, uh, in the Ha'ore, that this still means that very soon uh, the Loshon Ta'ata Tetzave. So therefore, it's evident that this obligation, this command is immediately, even while they're in the Midbar. And since it's impossible that they can tell the difference which oil was of pure olives or not, so we have to say that Zach goes on the oil. However, um, but this is not really yet the posik of tzav this thing is not yet a final evidence because just like they didn't Hashem didn't tell me to take the olive oil right how do they know they have to take olive oil Bechlal, the Shemin, we're just saying because the Jews knew that eventually they'll be instructed as Shemin Lamoir in general So they didn't do, they didn't take along food and everything else, but they did take along shaman. Why did they take along shaman? Can't say they just happened to have shaman. Uh, but we must say that they knew they were going to be commanded. So they took along shaman for the command. So maybe they also knew that they're going to need shaman zayizoch, that it should be uh, zaysim, such good zaysim that haven't been uh, eaten. So maybe, maybe it was a, a zayizoch, maybe it was a pure zayizoch. So that's why Rashi brings the proof, continues from Enochis, which you say you take it from the top of the tree. According to the Evan Ezra, that the Zayis needs to be Zach. It has to be such kind of olives that have no rot and not been eaten partially. There's no difference then between the olives that grow on the top of the tree relative to other olives. It's, the olives are the same. On the contrary, on the top of the tree, there could be birds, there could be uh, 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 others, and uh, better to take uh, from the, the, the middle, where they can get to it, and, uh, and a person can get to it, uh, and take from the middle. Why does it say, Bereshilon? So since the Gemara Menachah says that you take it from the top of the olives, so that means that it's evident that according to the Gemara Zach, it applies to the oil and not to the olive. And therefore, you take Baresh Azayis, because the oil that comes from the olives that are on the top of the tree, those are very ripe, very good, and it's very easy to remove the sediments from them, the Shemarim. It doesn't make a difference whether these olives themselves will be eaten part or rotten, it doesn't matter. And Rashi adds, the Rebbe goes back now to answer the question that he asked in Ois Aleph, and over there, the sixth question uh, the Rebbe asked is, why does Rashi quote over here, let alone that we need to have a proof 
let it be that we have the proof from the fact that it says that that means that the Zoch does not apply to the Zayis, but rather to the Aleph. But why would Rashi need to say Menachas? Especially, Rashi could have said just Kidi Yisro, or Bigamara, or Meshoninu, or something like that. Why emphasize Menachas? Especially, the Rebbe asked the question, when you look at Parshas Emer, in the Parshas of the Tzivui, over there, of the Shemen, uh, over there, the Rashi says both, B'menoches U'b'teres Kahanim. And over here, Rashi just says, B'menoches. And the Rebbe is going to explain, uh, because the truth is, we have three oils, uh, called the Shemen Rishon, the Shemen Sheni, and the Shemen Shlishi. So the Rishon is fit for the Menorah, and the Sheni and the Shlishi are fit for Menachas, the Sheni for Menachas, and then for other Shemanim. But the Shemen Zayis that we use uh, for the Menorah, over there it says uh, that it has to be Kosis Lamoir, uh, and not the Menachas. So therefore... Uh, the Kosis, the Shemen Rishin, we learn from this, is only the, reserved for the uh, lighting of the Menorah. That's the Shemen that we need for there. But how is this Shemen Rishin produced? So there's basically two ways to do it. Either you do it with a mortar, which is called a Machteshes. That's a... Uh, Refined, that's not as a strong crusher as it is in a mill. The second one is a mill, you put it in a rechaim, in a grinder. That totally grinds it up. So whether um, you put the uh, shemen, whether you put it in a uh, mortar, in a machteshes, to get the first oil, or you put it in a grinder, is essentially a machloikis, uh, which is brought down in the Teres Kahanim between Rabbi Yehuda and the uh, other Tana. And in our Mishnah, in Menachas, over there it doesn't mention at all the grinding of the uh, using a mill. In the Mishnah, in Menachas, over there, it only uses the language of machteshes. So the first oil that comes out from a machteshes is a more refined, it's a more unique shemen uh, zayis than the first oil that comes out if you put it in a grinder, you put it into a mill, or you toichanon. That's better that was. So Rashi holds that the actual production of the uh, Shemen Zayis that they used in the Midbar, how was it made? It was made in the most uh, uh, expensive and the most purest of ways, which means that they did not put the olives into a a mill, but rather they used the machteshes, they used the mortar, and that's how they were produced. And that's why uh, the Rebbe explains, it's like this, 
that in our uh, Pasik, uh, further right after this Rashi that we were learning now, Belishmarim, the Rashi says that, that you don't put them into the mill. The Einoi Toichanom Berechaim. You don't put them into the mill. Uh, and therefore, and because Rashi uh, in the Midbar, Rashi knows that they did everything in the fanciest way. So even though it seems like the Rebbe said before, they brought the olives with them. They knew that they were going to need shemen, not the olive, they brought oil that was made from shemen zayizoch with them. But not only did they make it from shemen zayizoch, but they did not use the grinder because in the Midbar, uh, everything was done in a very fancy, special way, in a good way, in the best way, in a rich way. And therefore, Rashi concludes after this Rashi, Rashi says, because that's the way it was actually produced. Now, that doesn't mean that the halacha is that you're not allowed to use the rechaim to produce the first oil. You're still going to get the first oil even if it's not in the, in the even if it's in the rechaim. Rashi is just telling you the way it was done. So Rashi does not want to reference the Torah's Kahanim, because in the Torah's Kahanim, as soon as you look at the Torah's Kahanim, you see the first opinion over there is of Rabbi Yehuda that you did uh, use the Rechaim. So that would be conflicting to what Rashi is trying to say, the way it was actually done in the Amidbar, that it was not done by Rechaim. So that's why Rashi does not bring the Torah's Kahanim but he only brings the Gemara and Menachas because the Mishnah and Menachas, which is the main reference, if you look there, there is no thing of Toichnam Berechayim. It's all using the Machteshes, which Rashi believed is what they used in the Midbar. The olive oil they used there was not done with the Rechayim. So Rashi doesn't want to confuse you by sending you to the Torah's Kahan. But when Rashi is explaining the laws of the oil, the way the is over there later on in Parshas Emer. So over there, Rashi brings down already that there is uh, the opinion of uh, that you the of Teres Kahanim because there is a possibility. It's not exclusively that you have to make it from the Rechaim from the Machdashes, but Rechaim is also good. So that's why Rashi over there says Menachas and the Torah's Kahanim. And Rashi also says over there right away, therefore, that is Gimel Shemanim. You should know that there is three oils. In other words, even if you do it with the Rechaim, don't think that there's only, uh, don't think that there's only a Machdashes um, uh, to get the first oil, but no, the Rechaim is as well, because that is, and over there, Rashi brings that down because it's not talking about what happened. It's not a super devotion. Uh, let's look inside in the Sikha. Uh, Rashi. So Rashi adds, Bimenoches. And that is, Lishloil Teires Kahanim. That is coming to reject that specifically, I want you to look in Menoches in order to exclude not to look into Teires Kahanim. Kishon, because in the Torah's Kahanim, 
there is also brought down the opinion in Teres Kahanim. And the Rebbe adds it to parentheses the Tanakhama. That's actually the first opinion. That you did grind it, Berechaim. And that, if you're going to look over there, that's going to upset what Rashi is trying to tell you. Rashi is trying to tell you that there was not here. So Rashi says, don't go to the Teres Kahanim. Just go to the Gemara Menachas. Because in Teres Kahanim, over there is Teuchni Berechaim. That's no good for us, with what Rashi wants to say. Now, the Rebbe adds, in the Gemara Menachas, after the Mishnah and the Gemara, the Gemara does bring down the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda that you did grind it. You don't need to necessarily do the machteshes, the mortar, but with a mill is also okay. But in the Gemara, that opinion is brought down not in the Mishnah. In the Gemara Menachas, this opinion is only in the Gemara. So that's not the referencing. But you look in the Rashi, you look in the... When Rashi says Menachas, you look in the Mishnah. And the Mishnah, it says that you use the machteshes. And since Verashi Khan that you do not so why is he he can't send you to the Teres Kahanim which it says over there that you were so what's going on over here uh, but over there Rashi does bring down the Teres Kahanim so the Rebbe is playing like this here in our we're talking in a uh, a language of a story. And as a continuation, they built, they made the Mishkon. And then after here, we're going to learn the portion about the dedication of the Mishkon. All this took place with a lot of beauty, a lot of grace, a lot of wealth, etc. And this was uh, during that time. And likewise, all the times that there were in Midbar, there was a uh, situation, and people were a, a situation of wealth. As the Rebbe, the Rebbe adds in the Ha'ores that, uh, and perhaps at that time, because it was such a special time, all opinions, that would be even the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda who holds that you could use a mill uh, at that time, but since there was a situation of Ashirus, even Rabbi Yehuda would agree that they should have used only the machteshes, uh, only the mortar, which is a better uh, first oil that we get from there. Um, but therefore, Maybe if that, according to the Ra'ara, so that means the Allah at that time of Atatitzava is not only, as the Rebbe says, that was the reality over there, but this was the situation at that time that they needed to do it for all the time. That was considered the pure, and that was a requirement for, uh, for them. But Masha'en came, says the Rebbe, the Parshas Emer. When we come to Parshas Emer, Shoparshas, Mitzvah Savnaira is. Over there is the portion of the midst of the actual natives, how they should be. And the, the din Hashem and the way the oil. So over there, Rashi does not rule the halacha that you can't have. Uh, Rashi does not learn the halacha that you can't have them grinded in a, uh, in a mill. Toichnon would be okay 
lehalocha, and that's why lochein. Come, Peter Shurashi, Kifishahoyim bepoil bemidbar. Over here, Rashi explains as it was actually a midbar. In the midbar, they used, again, I think they used it, we have to say the that they used it from what they brought along because they knew it was a situation of Ashirus and coming out of Mitzrayim, whatever, how they prepared it, uh, so they prepared it in a way of Ashirus so that the oil they had was done in a way that it wasn't done in a mill, it was done in a Machteshes, and that was bepoil. Over parshas emir, over there is alpidin. Over there we go by the halacha. So that's why we have to give another tzion, another source, l'teres kahanim, because in teres kahanim it says clearly that they also used uh, the um, grinding, uh, grinding. This is the pin the tanakam over there of Yehuda. That's what Rashi also adds there. Gimel Shmanim Vechulu. He has to say that there's three oils, which means that even though it's grinded, but there's three oils, and that first oil that is going to come from the grinder, from the mill, is also going to be okay, Vechulu, etc. It's a little bit uh, shorthand in the Sikh over here, but that seems to me what the Rebbe is trying to say here. So now, the Rebbe says, we can learn from this a halacha, in halacha. The difference between the approach of the Rambam, of the Evan Ezra, and Rashi. Generally, the Rambam rules that the Torah says that uh, when Hebel brought the Korban, he brought from the best Mechalbeim, from the fatty. So the Rambam says every time you do for the Ebrister, for a Kela Toiv, it has to be from the most beautiful and the nice and good ones. If you're building a shul, a base villa, it should be nicer than your home that you live in. If you're feeding a hungry person or you're covering them, question is, we have to give the best from Hashem. So what do I have to give the best to Hashem? Do I have to give, even at the time that I'm preparing, that I want to give something later on? So at the time of the preparation, say for example, do, we, do I have to buy the best kind of wool in order to make for it a garment for a poor person? So you can see two ideas. On one hand, the best for Hashem already only applies when you're giving it to. Whatever you have when you're giving it to the poor person, you're doing a mitzvah, so then you give him the best. Or we should say the obligation is already before you're giving. As soon as you decide that at the end it's going to be Hashem, you said it's going to be Hashem. So even when you're preparing and doing the thing for Hashem, you have to choose the most nice and beautiful. And also here you can say only when you can, through this, when you're going to see the benefit when you get it, or even when you don't see the benefit, because the ah, who cares what you chose over there? Now the oil is oil. So the Rebbe says, of course, I like this, that according to the Evan Ezra, which goes on the olive, so we can learn from this, that also at the time of the preparation and when you're doing it for Hashem, you have to choose the best one. 
Because here, according to the Ebenezer, the Torah says that even the olives need to be the best. So this means that the obligation starts from the preparation. Even if you're not going to see any advantage later on. Who cares what the olives are as long? But you're picking it for Hashem, the preparation. According to Devin Ezra, pick the nicest olives. It's not going to make a difference. doesn't matter. You're picking it for Hashem. You're picking the gift to Hashem, give the best. But according to Rashi, Zach only goes on the oil. So the Torah doesn't care what you pick over there. As long as when you're giving it, it's clean, it's beautiful, that's the best. So what's the initial Torah? In Chassidus it's explained that there's two levels in Azayis. On one hand, Azayis is bitter. You say that um, when she brought the Yoyna, the pigeon, when he sent it out from the Teva, she brought him back a uh, leaf of Azayis, of an olive, to say that it's better uh, the Yoyna said, better I should, my, my food should be as bitter like an olive, but I don't have to come on to people. So uh, that's bitter represents darkness. And it said the bitterness of the other side is Sitra That's why also we say that the olives help forgets the study of Talmud of 70 years in the Gemara we bring down. Because forgetting comes from the world of Klippus. So because of that perspective, uh, specifically when you squeeze the zayis, which means you subdue the sitrachra, you squeeze yourself, so then you get the oil. Then you get the chokhmah, you get the oil. That is the subjugation to elikus, which comes from the level of chokhmah. Number two, the zayis, according to the inner meaning, is the source from which the oil comes from. Which means that the bitterness and the darkness that's in it actually represents a very high level, the level of keser, because that's higher than revelation and shine, the Sviris HaChokhman Shemin. This is, like you say, it's dark over there, not because it's bad, but on the contrary, it's, so, it's dark because we can't grasp it. Because it's higher than revelation that we can grasp. And this is the difference between the Evan Ezra and Rashi in the inner meaning. The Evan Ezra explains in the simple meaning that the Zayis in the simple meaning is bitter and dark because it's mixed in with Klippa and Sitra That's why it's bitter. That's why you need to be very careful how you choose the olive. Make sure that when you're going to squeeze, it's going to be good oil and subjugation of Kedusha, Hashem and Kedusha. Because this olive itself needs to be zach. Then you can make it into a vessel for Hashem. But Rashi, Yenishal Torah, Primsa Torah, we also have the hint according to the inner meaning. What is the inner meaning of Zayis? That is Yoshus Choshul Sisra. That's the level of Keser, which is higher than the light, which is, belongs to the Ishtalshals of the world. Total Kedusha, total Bitl. So according to Rashi, we don't need to be so careful with regards to the olive itself. Only the oil that comes from it, that when you come down to Chochmah, which is the beginning of the Gilui, the Ishtalshlus, and it's connected to the world, you have to make sure the Shemen 
should be clean from any mixture, it should be zach. This is Sikha Shabbos Pasha Tzavah and Tavshi Chofei.